That house is not fit to live in. It doesn't want people. What is your name? I started watching like this movie we sat down um, and I asked uh, my girlfriend like what she wanted to watch and she's like sure and I was like you know what let's let's make a night out of it because we were getting groceries that day and we do this thing now where we get fancy cheese you know from like the fancy section like the expensive stuff okay we get some summer sausage we get crackers you know we cut up an apple we get some grapes uh, neither of oh. us drink, so we just get like sparkling like water, you know, to feel fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just have like this platter out, and we just like watch movies, and it's like the best way to watch movies. <laughs> like, I'm over popcorn. Like, I want to pull up an AMC and they give me a cheese platter. <laughs> but like last week, we did it for like the first time, and we watched. Uh, have you ever heard of Moonstruck? Mm, it's, maybe it's this 1980s movie with like Cher and Nick Cage. It's oh, basically yeah. like um like Love Actually if they were Italian. <laughs> um, and Nick Cage like pops off in it, which is incredible. <laughs> He's like like a one handed baker man who's very angry and depressed. <laughs> <laughs> And he's constantly like either at like like as far as like levels go like like a one up to like a ten really quick. That sounds like a Nick um, Cage role. Yeah, and it's like very <laughs> young, like Nick Cage, like mm-hmm. like wild at heart looking Nick Cage. Oh, okay. But um, but yeah. So you know, we had this player and we watched that movie, and I was like, oh, this is nice. It made me realize I need to watch more happy movies. Um, but. <laughs> We then, I uh, was like, oh, you want to watch, like, this movie, like, we're going to be talking about. And I told her, and she's like, let's do that thing. So, I just want to let you know, throughout this entire time of talking, I was eating like a king. You know? Oh, sure. So, I felt very high class uh, watching the 1980 Changeling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, it was, it was very nice. I, I recommend it. Uh that does sound nice, you know, some um, nice crackers and apples and grapes and yeah, it was yeah. a good time. That's not solid. Uh, now I want to do it with like a movie that's like totally like the opposite. Like I wanna, I wanna have like a nice meal like that um, while I'm watching Solo. Oh no, or something. <laughs> I could never eat during that movie. Eat anything. <laughs> Let alone you crackers. couldn't enjoy a nice Snickers bar. Ugh, no. Or maybe a nice chocolate, nice Salisbury steak. Yeah, as a meatloaf. (laughs) Imagine watching something like uh, Tokyo Gore Police, and you're eating like meatloaf. Ugh, I haven't seen that, but um, that would be terrible. I hate meatloaf already, and that would make meatloaf traumatic. My mom makes a good meatloaf. Maybe you haven't had a good meatloaf. No, you haven't had a good meatloaf. Um, The secret is love. (laughs) <laughs> okay, okay now we, we went we went from nick cage to, to cheese to meatloaf um well welcome to the guts and ghouls podcast i'm dax and i'm brad and we watched the changeling um from 1980 directed by peter madak and why did you uh like pick this movie specifically because when you when you told me you wanted to watch this i was like somewhat shocked <laughs> why i don't know it was just like so random <laughs> no I, I i i pulled up an old list uh, an old notepad on my phone was like it was from like a year ago like when i had time to actually watch uh movies and it was just a bunch of movies that like i'd heard about that like i wanted to watch basically at some point so, okay so there wasn't any real reason it was just like oh this one no, yeah, I just, I just like thought of it, and I was like, yeah, you know, let's watch that one. That sounds good. This has been on my uh, watch list for a long time too, because I'd always see like that, um, like the cover on Prime with the the little wheelchair. Oh yeah, and yeah I was yeah. like, oh, and I, I never knew like what the movie was. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get 
into um, discussing the movie, I need to ask you a question because it's something that I realize I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. And is it, do you believe in ghosts? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I've, I've never had a ghostly experience. I will say that. Uh, you're, but you're open to the idea. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be, uh, it would be uh, comforting in a way for there to, to go, for ghosts to exist is what I'm saying. Cause it would be oh. like, you know, like people die, maybe they're still around even if they're like a creepy, uh, spirit. But you know? wait, if, if they're a ghost, does doesn't that mean though that they live like a shitty life and they have like business they need to <laughs> So maybe that you don't want to see grandpa. Yeah, maybe I don't want to see like, grandpa. Oh shit! What kind of what kind of stuff does grandpa have to deal with? <laughs> what skeletons are in his closet? You found out that he didn't like hide his porn stash before he died. Oh god, <laughs> I don't even want to know about that. <laughs> so he's like, grandson, please. <laughs> I need you to hide my hardcore pornographic <laughs> magazines. Burn them. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let your grandmother see. <laughs> that's what he. That's what he uh, in, uh, put gave to me in his will. Those... <laughs> yeah, and you were like, "Oh, what the fuck did Grandpa give me these?" And so you just shoved them in like storage somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've just tried to forget them. They're they're just like in the back of my head somewhere. And then after you burn them, you just see like in the flames, like grandpa's like ghost smiling coming out of the flames and disappearing into the aether. <laughs> like, oh, that's nice. I will say though, the um like I've never had a ghostly experience or one that I've like interpreted as a ghostly experience, mm-hmm. but the um and you know, like the weird things just happen. Like I know I know one time my it was after my grandma had passed away. And mm-hmm. uh, my aunt Kathy was staying at the house, like taking care of uh, their dog. Yeah. And like she she was saying that she was laying in the bed and she could like smell smoke, like mm. like someone was smoking a, like a cigarette right in front of her face. Yeah. Because my grandma was like a super heavy smoker. Right. But like, you know, that could like that could just be her like th- th- like wanting to like have smelt that in her head that's interesting because my grandma had the same experience after my grandpa died is she smelt like his cologne oh really and this was like like a couple months after he died mm-hmm. so i i don't yeah i don't know if that's like a common thing <laughs> might um, be mine was also just like well she smoked in the house for years so of course it's gonna be yeah it's smoke gonna smell smell. Like, yeah and smoke <laughs> stays in there yeah <laughs> Like, that's exactly. not a smell you get out. <laughs> yeah. No, but, I mean, I'm open to the a possibility of ghosts existing. I've just never experienced, like, a any kind of, like, situation where I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a ghost. There's no other explanation. Yeah. You know? I, I get what you mean. I'm, I'm the same way. I'm definitely more skeptic. Mm-hmm. Like, I will need, like, a ghost in front of me. And the ghost needs to, like, write, I am a ghost in order yeah. for me to believe, like, that's a ghost. But, like, when people, like, tell me stories, I'm like, oh, okay, sure. You know, it could have just been, like, I don't know, like, the house is old or, <laughs> you know, like, a wind gust came through. There's a draft and it knocked <laughs> over that thing. <laughs> but I'm, I'm always more on the skeptic side, but I, I want to have a ghostly experience. <laughs> but I feel like the skeptic in me will not allow myself. Mm-hmm. to like i will always try to rationalize it yeah yeah i'm I'm like that too i feel like i would need like something like really like hard evidence to like like make me believe it yeah you know, uh, there's there's actually a ghost hunting show that like yeah. i find like to be hilarious i don't i don't remember what it's called but it it, it was on like it's on like tlc one of those type of networks oh, okay. or whatever but like it's like it's so funny because like they'll bring in like the ghost hunting people like mm-hmm. to like a house that the owner says is like haunted or whatever, <clears throat> and they'll like explain like all this different stuff that has happened and the and the ghost hunting people are always like oh yeah that's definitely a ghost yeah and then, and then they bring mm-hmm. in a guy that is like um 
he like he's like an expert on like housing like like kind of like house repair and like structure oh sure and stuff like that and they'll say they'll like hear a noise or like um this they kept the they say like a door will close and he'll come in and he shuts down like every single one of their (laughs) of their uh, ghostly experiences with like a really detailed explanation of why they experienced that wait so is this show supposed to be about ghosts or is it about to be disproving ghosts it's about both. They they like give oh, okay. equal time to both, and I guess they want you to like take away your own conclusion. I don't it's know. It's like a it's like a Zach Baggins edition of like Deadliest Warrior. Yeah, it it is actually it's literally like that. It's like, what's what's uh, better, the team of experienced ghost hunters or a thirty uh, a man in the contracting business for thirty years? <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna win? <laughs> <laughs> it's so true and what makes it funny is the the guy the account like the expert guy is always so smug about it oh where he's i'm like, sure she said that this door closed on its own <laughs> this door's not even level on its hinges of course it would close on its own it's like <laughs> i want to watch this show now this sounds awesome. i know i can't remember the name of it for the life of me but i watched i watched a youtube video about it where they like they, they like talked about the whole like show and it was just, mm-hmm. it was hilarious. See, I would, I would also be less skeptical about ghosts if all those uh, reality ghost shows weren't obviously fake. Oh, and, yeah. And like the hosts of those shows even admits that it's fake. <laughs> <laughs> but I would totally like, they'd have like those haunted hotels that you can stay in. I would totally stay in one of those or like Dude. do something. Yeah, I would too. Like, ghostly. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's move on um, from ghosts and yeah. I guess talk about why we're talking about ghosts. Yeah. Uh, and that's because The Changeling is a ghost movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a spooky, I guess like a haunted house movie too. Yeah, um, I would say so. I mean, most ghost movies are also haunted house movies, but this is a very, very spooky house. <laughs> I I think uh this film relies a lot on the setting and it works. Um cuz the only the only thing I knew about this movie other than just seeing the poster on Prime is that one shot of towards the end of the film when like the banister's on fire and he's like looking up and there's like the wheelchair. Oh yeah. That's like about the only thing I knew and I was like, "Oh, okay, that looks really cool. I should like mm-hmm. watch this movie." Um so that's all I knew about it. And um, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. But uh, I typically don't like of all the horror subgenres. I think ghosts are actually like my least favorite. Yeah, or, like supernatural. And I know that's just a personal preference. Like I've seen good ones. Mm-hmm. You know, I like them. Um, it's just for me to get like really into them. It takes a lot. Mm-hmm. Um. But I don't know if that's just like I don't believe in it, so I'm like whatever. But I enjoy, I think the fun of them. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I mean, it took me. You know how many times I had, it took me to watch The Conjuring? I fell asleep like three times. Really? Oh god. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think a part of it, at least I think that ghost movies, any basically any ghost movie made after like the 90s are almost all identical mm-hmm. like they always use the same tricks to scare you it's always the same story <laughs> they just change the name it's oh it's some old british kid or oh <laughs> you know it's like they just change it up <laughs> like oh it was like an old farmer who was pissed off because he couldn't grow corn so he killed his family mm-hmm. sure um i don't know but I like watching these older ones like this because I feel like this one is a bit more original. Yeah, I was surprised how um, different it was. Like, the way this story is executed, I mean. Yeah. It's it's it, more it was, of a mystery. Yeah, it's more of a mystery. And, it like, the mystery doesn't play out in a way that you would, um, that you would expect. Yeah, like, I, I did not expect uh, a ghost to be uncovering, like, uh political corruption <laughs> yeah i was i was surprised by that too i was like what the hell is this <laughs> i was like is, is the ghost mad at like the state politics i don't <laughs> i was trying to find the connection there but yeah <laughs> yeah it um it's like a ghost movie mixed with like a mystery movie 
um, a weird political movie. I don't know if necessarily that's commentary on anything or just that's what the story was. I think it's just what the story was. I like they they don't really go into politics that much. It's just like one of the the characters yeah. that happens to be a politician. He's a senator. Yeah. Um, but one thing that also strikes me as different is our main character John. How like well composed he is through the whole thing <laughs> yeah uh like He's most characters well would be like oh god what's that noise and they're like freaking out but <laughs> this man just immediately like calls the maintenance guy yeah and then he like he's on board with the ghost thing real quick <laughs> and for me that's like a relief oh yeah no i i i thought the same way because it's like usually in this type of a movie you would like he would be like, because especially with the death of his family, I thought everybody would like be gaslighting him and be like, oh, John, you silly. You're probably just hallucinating. You've been through a lot recently. But most of everybody in the movie is like, you know what? Yeah, th- let's see if this is a ghost. Let's I'll I'll trust you. And like, we'll do like we'll do a seance in your living room with you. Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah, I love just how like quick he is to be like, OK, you know, maybe a ghost isn't that strange right yeah and even when he's confronted with like really scary stuff he's pretty like level-headed mm-hmm. which um i don't know if that necessarily works in the horror genre <laughs> but i think it's refreshing in this very specific point yeah um or type of movie it's very odd to see because one thing i hate about ghost movies is when it's always the kids that see the ghosts first, right? And mm-hmm. then they have to convince their parents, oh, we got ghosts. <laughs> and it takes to the fucking third act for the parents to finally realize that it's a ghost. Mm-hmm. Where this, they just straight up, like, really early on, he's like, oh, yeah, I got a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> it reminded, yeah, it reminded me, it was like, it was almost like realistic in a way, his re- reaction. Like, I feel like a, a guy who's like that old and like, that experience in life probably would like react like that if like the evidence was like overwhelming like oh yeah this is a ghost which it was yeah and it's stuff that's like even like unexplainable um but i mean i think it helps that he finds like a connection um where he finds like evidence of like a boy Mm -hmm. and he's like okay you know that makes sense yeah um so I, I realized we didn't even say what like the basic plot of the movie is about, but basically <laughs> <laughs> we just went right into ghosts. Yeah. Um, the, the Changeling is a 1980 film about a, fa- I don't know if he's like famous, but he's like a composer. He like mm-hmm. teaches like classes and I mean, people fill the, the classes to see him play and stuff. Uh, and he loses his wife and child in a tragic car accident. And he decides he can't live like in their apartment anymore. So he's going to pick up and move to Seattle. And he buys uh, the biggest mansion ever for one man to live in. <laughs> I was for thinking the same thing. <laughs> the entire time. I'm like, why would you get this? <laughs> I mean, he's renting it, but still. <laughs> like, and it's like Seattle, too, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not like he's in, like, North Dakota, where that's, like, the only place available. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, you are in, like, a city. It probably is super expensive get... because of that, too. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I'd understand, like, if he got it, because, I mean, he wants to, like, be alone and, like, write his music and play and have, like, students over so they could play, but, like, that thing's like huge. The fact it needs like a staff that's like on payroll to come and like maintain it every day. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even want to know how much the rent would be. <laughs> but this this spooky this spooky mansion is owned by the historical society who is preserving it. Uh, and there's, uh, the whole time I thought they were going to be in on it or they knew something. Well, they kind of know. They can, yeah, that one up. lady, I don't remember her her name, but she, I think she was part of the historical, she, she yeah. was talking to the senator on the phone and it seems like she knew about. Yeah. The and whole she situation. even told him, she's like, that house isn't meant to be lived in. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah. what what really bothered me, and I think that's one of my major, um, I think, complaints about this movie is it opens a lot of things and then just doesn't really like follow up on them. <laughs> where they talk about the landlord lady Claire, she like rushed his paperwork to like get him in as fast as possible. Oh. And I was like, oh, maybe that's like a sign that she knows like something's going on. Maybe she's trying to investigate for herself, so she needs someone to live there. Mm-hmm. Um, but they never really followed up on why. Unless maybe the other employees wouldn't let anyone live there, so she went past them. If that was the implication of it. I guess, yeah. I don't know. Maybe she just liked them. That could be as well. I don't yeah, know, I'm not sure. I don't know. I was just that. But that whole time, that one line got me thinking. I'm like, oh, Claire, Claire's in on something. <laughs> Maybe she's related to the ghost. I know because it seems like a movie where there'd be some kind of a twist with like the characters. Like, yeah, and I was expecting and, that to happen at some point with someone, and there really know? isn't. No, I mean, our main character even just lays out what's going on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess the twist is more for the other characters to find out about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it reveals the big, like, oh, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's a pretty straightforward movie. Yeah. Which is refreshing, I think, for a ghost movie. Um, and I got, like, a lot of weird, like, shining vibes from it as well. With them, like, driving up, like, the snowy hills and then just, like, this, like, oversized, like, almost, like, desolate mansion. Mm-hmm. Like, everything is just so big and grand. I mean, overall, I mean, I I like it. I think it's, like, worth a watch. Um, mm-hmm. I'm surprised, like, it's not as, like, popular because I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I... I, I... I liked it a lot. I I liked it because I heard I heard about it just because it was like a cult movie sort of thing. Like that's how people had described it. So I was like, you know what? I, I I'm down for a cult movie, and I can see why it might be a little have like a cult following because it is. Yeah, there's some like script stuff that could be like ironed out, like we were saying. Like, um, but it it it's executed um really well, and there's a lot of interesting things going on in it I, I definitely think it's worth a watch for sure it's pretty spooky too oh yeah it's it's very it's very creepy some of the stuff definitely gave me uh goosebumps there's a lot of tension um and like the the a lot of the shots are like really nice and well composed mm-hmm. it's funny there's you know you know the part where like the wheelchair is like chasing her and it's like that first person shot like from the wheelchair oh yeah and she's like going and down the like, stairs yeah, that is, like, straight up a shot. I don't know if, like, Wes Anderson, like, got inspiration from that, but that is actually just a straight-up shot from uh, the new French Dispatch, his new film. Oh, really? When did it happen to yeah. that? I saw yeah, that. Um, uh, what's uh, is it? What's his name? Benicio Del Toro? He's in, um, like, a wheelchair. Oh, yeah, and he's chasing and, um, Adrian Brody around. Yeah, and Adrian Brody, like, gets in his face and insults him, then it just hard cuts to, like, that first-person view of, like, him in the the wheelchair. And it's so funny, because, like, the wheelchair's moving, even though, like, uh, Benicio's, like, not even, like, have his hands on the wheels. He's, like, throwing stuff. <laughs> but it's, like, it just reminded me of that. So I was like, oh, I wonder <laughs> if Wes Anderson was a fan. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. It was just jarringly similar, <laughs> and two two very different movies too, very totally yeah. different. Um, all right, so I guess let's just get into to spoilers now. Yeah, let's uh, do we'll, it. We'll kind of break down the movie. Um, so it starts off with them. I wasn't sure if like was their car broken down because they were like pushing it up a snowy hill. That's that's and, what I would assume was happening. That's what yeah, I got from it. So they took a break, and he, I guess they got to a payphone, and he's like, oh, I'll go, you know, call whoever, and he, while he's in there, the wife and daughter are playing on, like, a snow pile, <laughs> and there's, like, two cars coming, each from, like, the opposite way, and he turns and realizes, like, what's gonna happen, because I guess one of the cars weren't, like, paying attention, mm-hmm. and it 
it crashes into their car and then just slams into like the wife and kid. <laughs> and yeah, I, okay, one one of my favorite things about like these old like eighties like horror movies is when I know there's gonna be a car crash, I'm like, are they going to use a dummy, or are they gonna cut away? <laughs> and I'm 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 happy to say that they used a dummy in this. Yeah, because it is. Dummy. <laughs> it's like. It's funny, but it's like also like really like tough to watch. Because mm-hmm. like you know, like like when you when someone gets hit by a car, you ragdoll like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so it doesn't matter how like goofy it looks. I think it always works. It does, yeah. And it's not like this wasn't like too too uh, over the top either. No, it wasn't. You know? I don't even think there was like really any blood. No, it was like it was a pretty quick cut. You 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 have yeah. you get to see them hit by the truck from a distance and then they get like pushed into a snowbank and then that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really like how they did it too because like after it happens, it's just like quiet, and mm-hmm. he's just in the phone booth, like just not even moving. Yeah, like he's like almost like like he doesn't know what to do. He's just like shocked. he's not screaming, he's not crying. Mm-hmm um and then just like title card the changeling i was like oh <laughs> i like it and it's just it's written really well that whole opening prologue because usually i feel like what you would see or like in you know like it was like kind of cute to see them work together like to like push the car yeah like they're all pretty happy it's like it's not really like a stressful stressful situation for them or they actually didn't mm-hmm. make it into one which a lot of families probably would like if your car broke down Oh no! But, I'd be crying. Yeah, and they're they're all just like really happy and just pushing the yeah, car like, along. They're having and, fun. Yeah, and you know, is in a horror movie is a bad sign. That means something horrible yeah. is about to happen. <laughs> yeah, whenever a family's happy together, <laughs> you know they're not going to be happy much longer. Imminent danger is right around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, like I, I don't know what it is with these like '80s movies or even like '70s mm-hmm. where like. The, the dudes they get for, like, the leads are just, like, not attractive dudes, you know? That's mm-hmm. fine. But their wives always look like they're, like, 25-year-old models. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Was it just the times were different? I would think so, yeah. Or are we just used to only seeing hot people in movies now? I, the, the only thing you could maybe compare to that is, like, um, Adam Sandler or Tom Cruise now. Yeah. Or like... They're always they get digitally de-aged, and then on top of that, they have like a co-star who's like twenty-five. That's and like true. it's supposed to be their wife. Like, yeah, it, that's the only thing I could really compare. It's to, just, but I just always see that in like like these seventies and like eighties movies. The worst example oh. of that for me, like talking about seventies and eighties movies, is um, Halloween three. Oh yeah, that weird um, yeah like romance they do. Mm-hmm. And he's like a really like schlubby like fat guy with like a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like fucking fifty years old, and he's there's like this really beautiful girl who's like twenty something, and she's like, mm-hmm. yeah, she's all over him. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, it's movie magic. <laughs> but so after he loses his wife and child in the car accident, he decides that he can't live in their apartment anymore because it just reminds uh him of them so he's gonna move to seattle where he already talked and has this like uh rental lease lined up so he can buy this big mansion that's owned by the historical society and they've been uh preserving it because it's been there for over like a hundred years um and no one's i and they said like no one's lived in it for like 80 years or something yeah it's a long time yeah yeah so i mean this thing like has not been like lived in Mm -hmm. um and then shortly after moving in he every morning at 6 a.m specifically he hears a loud constant banging that lasts for about a minute Mm -hmm. and uh he thinks that oh you know it's just maybe it's like it's an old house so he calls the maintenance guy and the maintenance guy's like yeah it's the furnace it's an old house (laughs) <laughs> and that's when like john our main character is like no it's it's very specific because why why would like the furnace go like make that noise at 6 a.m every morning specifically for a minute was i think it was banging again another night 
Mm-hmm. So he decides to investigate and he goes into the bathroom where he has, I guess, like a vision of a drowning boy. Yeah, because like the the water is like mysteriously on in the bathtub, which he didn't turn on. I don't think he just oh, heard the yeah, water. Oh, yeah, every everything in the house was like all the water was turned on. And he was going yeah. and shutting it up. This um, this reminded me a lot. Like this part of the movie reminded me a lot of Amityville Horror. Um, just kind of like I feel like oh. Amityville was kind of like the staple of like uh spooky house things happening. Mm-hmm. And like this section of the movie, we're like discovering the noises and like the lights and the the faucets turning on and off, really reminded me of that. Yeah, I could definitely see that now that you mention it. Yeah. So he he sees a boy and he's like, okay, <laughs> something's going on. <laughs> and he discovers in the closet there was this like room that was hidden and boarded up mm-hmm. uh and i really like this scene where he like gets the boards off the door and there's like a padlock on and he takes like a wrench and starts whacking it and as he's whacking it that's when like that banging starts happening again mm-hmm. and it's almost like going in rhythm with him hitting it mm-hmm. and he even like stops and like he listens to the banging and then just keeps going and then once he gets the lock off the banging stops mhm uh, and he and he goes in and and this room for me is like straight out of my nightmares of how many spider webs are in that room <laughs> like i hate spiders and those things it's like caked there's like furniture you can't even see anymore there's so many spider webs oh man yeah there was tons of them but the the main object in this room is he's like this like old timey like early 1900s like child wheelchair, which um is used in like the the promo images and like the cover for the movie, uh, and he discovers a little music box that when he opens it he realizes it's a song that he just composed when moving in. So he believes the supernatural entity has been sending him a message which made him write that piece of music. And this is where I feel like another thing where the movie just kind of stops. It's like, it doesn't really matter that he's like a composer anymore. (laughs) I feel like they play that up in the beginning a lot. Yeah. Like, oh, he's a big composer. And like, he goes to class and he has like hundreds of students just like waiting for to listen to him play and all that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was weird. Uh, overall, I felt like the his character could have been more f- like fleshed out. Yeah, he, he's like there's like nothing really going on with him character wise. He's just kind of like his family died and like that's all you get. And he's not really like I mean he's like heartbroken about him, but he's not like st- like sad or depressed or going through any like mental issues. Yeah, it, it's almost like it doesn't matter for most of the time. You see him like, I think there's one scene of him like crying in his bed or something like that. Yeah, I mean, you just need the connection to get him interested in the ghost. Yeah, exactly. And I, I guess that's why I was in is that I guess because like, he cares so much about this ghost child because he lost like his daughter, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, that's what I got from it. Mm hmm. Uh, one thing I think that would make this movie a bit more interesting if, like, they got, like, J.K. Simmons from Whiplash to, like, in a ghost movie like this, you know? <laughs> oh like, God. he's the haunted composer, and when when the uh, when the ghost is, like, banging, he's like, no, not my tempo. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> the ghost is, like, trying to match his tempo, and he just scares the shit out of the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> just him verbally assaulting nothing in his house <laughs> that, would like, that would actually be awesome and then like 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 the faucets are turning on and like it's like making music with all like the like the house like oh. doors are squeaking yeah and he's up there doing like the little composer thing dude that would be sick i would watch that movie yeah jk simmons gets into oscar too whiplash oscar cross movie. changeling that's gonna be the yeah. whiplash sequel yeah uh the next poor victim of fletcher just has to live in a haunted house <laughs> like only when you master the ghost you can master the music <laughs> whatever the fuck that means 
Because you need to, in order to lock unlock the emotional key to the piece, oh. a ghost has to be playing it. That's where true. the emotion comes from. That's the key. Um, true. And then <laughs> and then the kid just convinces the ghost to fucking kill Fletcher in his sleep or something. <laughs> it's like this guy's a piece of shit. Let's just kill him. Because <laughs> the ghost boy was also abused by his composer, oh teacher my God. man. Yeah. They um, they relate. So, uh, at this point, our John guy is pretty, uh, into the idea that it's a ghost. Cause it was like a child's room and he's like, okay, something clearly bad happened. So he's like, let's hold a seance. Uh, so he brings in these seance people and, um, our friend Claire is here. She's kind of interested in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and another thing um that bothered me that they never brought in up again is that claire brought over she's like oh i have some things that belong to the house that i can bring you and she's like oh it's just like some old prints and stuff i was like oh that's like house blueprints right Mm -hmm. no they never they never go back on it i was like oh maybe it's like an old black and white photo and you're gonna see the kid but no so i was like what was the point but yeah anyway she's there they hold a seance and they start talking to the ghost and they learn that the ghost's name is Joseph Carmichael and he was killed and he tells John to find his medal, whatever that means. Or he t- says the words well and metal. Mm-hmm. So John now is 100% on board with the ghost and he decides looking... Um, into like the records and society which people this one lady at the society does not want him to be looking at those records <laughs> uh and he discovers that i guess joseph carmichael was a boy who lived in that house who was disabled and had some kind of like degenerative disease um but i mean considering it was like 1908 he could have just like had the chicken pox or something because anything fucking killed you back then but <laughs> <laughs> he was in line to inherit his grandfather's fortune, I guess, but he the rules were he had to be 21 to get it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the dad was like, "Oh shit. My kid's not going to make it to 21." <laughs> well, let's get it over with. And just drowns the kid. <laughs> um and he decides to go pick up an orphan and he's like hey you're joseph carmichael now mm-hmm. here's here's this medal that looks like my son's medal you're him and you're gonna get a fortune and the kid's like cool i don't entirely know how into it that little orphan boy was like if he knew the whole shtick um i mean the kid's old enough like it's not like like he grabbed like a baby from birth and like he wouldn't know better you know yeah I, I assume that he did know based on how he was acting um, yeah. closer to the end of the movie. I and, agree. And also that conversation he had with um, that one lady from the historical society on the yeah. phone where she's like, oh, they're looking at archive stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. so it's like, why would, you know, because like, why would he be worried about them looking at archive stuff? Like if he didn't realize there's anything bad, right. shady with his past, you know? Yeah. I mean, he definitely doesn't want them investigating um and then the john discovers that the carmichael's owned another property that had a well Mm -hmm. and this well was like the house i guess was built over the well and it was in like the little girl's room of this family's house and i guess she's been getting nightmares and a ghost has been coming out of the floorboards and attacking her in the night um so she's like yeah you know dig up the 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 house so they break in and then they dig up a skeleton and John also finds the medal that matches the senator's medal. So I, and this is like where like really the story is just all out there Mm -hmm. where we know that the disabled kid was going to collect inheritance. The dad killed him, replaced him so he could get the inheritance money. Um, and John decides to confront the senator by, by crazily throwing around a medal and talking about, like, ghosts. 
<laughs> to this man in front of his entire security team. Um, and the senator's like, oh, you're, you know, you're crazy. Whatever. Uh, but then the senator calls up the cops and sends a detective over to John's house and basically tells him, hey, give us that medal or we're getting a search warrant and we're going to tear this place up. Right. And also Claire had just been fired from her job at the historical society so i guess the senator pulled some strings there yeah uh, but again i guess his lease was canceled or something too yeah yeah they canceled the lease as well so they were going to kick him out mm-hmm. and while this was going on as the the detective man was leaving john gets like a vision of the dude like all is like you can really tell what's going on but it was clear as like through glass and his face was all bloody and then he gets a call from Claire that as she was leaving, she saw the uh, policeman's car flipped uh, just upside down in the middle of the road. And what was the strangest thing to me is that the windshield just had a perfect like circle through it. Mm-hmm. Almost like the ghost just like punched through it into his face. <laughs> and that like flipped the car. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's clear the ghost did it. Yeah. Yeah. As to why, I'm not sure, but... I I guess because he was going to stop John from doing, from discovering, like, avenging him. Mm-hmm. And, but that's another thing, Um, and that's another thing I don't like about ghost movies, is that if the ghost has, like, this power, enough power to just straight up kill a dude, can't it just do all this stuff on its own? Yeah. Like, if if it knows who it is that he's trying to get revenge on, why can't he just take it? I uh, you know, and he he literally does that anyway at the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. John's so kind like, of like why? Indiana Jones in this situation, like when how in the first film it's like you don't even need Indiana Jones. <laughs> you the Nazis find the covenant anyways and they die. <laughs> that's it like indiana jones is useless (laughs) yeah it's like it's indiana jones and then this john character just like the audience's portals into the story basically yeah so it's it's why they're there at a a base level i mean i guess um the ghost more so wants to expose it maybe to the public to kind of avenge the legacy that's like i think the only real reasoning i could find of having john do all this stuff Mm mm-hmm yeah, I guess and so. The whole time, John's like, so there's a connection between me and this ghost. So maybe he was like destined to come to this house. And that's why he's a bachelor living in this giant mansion. Mm hmm. Um, but the other thing I was thinking is yeah. that because the, the senator ends up with the with the dead um, child's medallion at the end. Right. Yeah. John gives it to him as per I was, I was thinking that maybe. The ghost, in order, f- in order for the ghost to exact revenge on him, the medallion oh, needed to be with him. That's that's smart movie thinking. That's the only thing I can think of that as to why it, he didn't do it himself until then. Yeah, m- maybe he needs to have like a connection, like how the policeman walked into the house, so he was able to kill him. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm okay. thinking. You know what? Let's go with that. <laughs> you're correct even if they didn't intend it that way it still yeah. makes sense if you it makes more sense it. that way yeah <laughs> so after the policeman died the senator's like oh shit like i guess i gotta talk to this john guy so he calls up john john shows up he confronts him like with the medallion and the whole story and the senator's all in denial he's like my father was a good man he would have never killed anyone blah 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 and then John's like, you know what? Fine. Here's the recordings of the seance. I'm going to peace out. Mm-hmm. Um, while this is going on, though, uh, Claire is worried because she calls the house and John isn't there. So she runs over and she hears John, but it's not John. It's I guess it's the ghost. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why the ghost is being an asshole right now to poor Claire. Like, I don't know what she did. <laughs> you know? Yeah, she was trying to help the whole movie. She didn't hinder him yeah. at all. Um, but it leads her up to the spooky child's room where then a, a wheelchair, a possessed wheelchair chases her 
<laughs> down the stairs. <laughs> um, and right as John gets home and she's like, oh my God, you know that I thought you were in the house and now you're here and I'm freaking out. And then the entire house starts falling apart. And this is very like Amityville horror too. Where like everything is like shaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and suddenly the house is just set aflame. Like, yeah. the, like the fire goes all the way down the banister, which is a really cool shot. Yeah, that was neat looking. I like that. That whole set was really cool. Yeah. And then the senator is still at his desk, and I think he's... I don't know. I think he's just been in denial. Like, he knows the truth, but he's just been in hardcore denial this entire time that, like, his legacy was built on murder. Mm-hmm. And he, like, grabs the medallion and, like, realizes what's going on, and he just kind of, like, astral projects into the house. <laughs> And this is the part I was confused about and it gets like it made sense like right now but then later it gets more confusing like the whole situation yeah because he like goes up to he walks up to the room the ghost leads him up there Mm -hmm. and then he just fucking explodes (laughs) (laughs) and but after the explosion, he's back at his office and has a heart attack. So I guess he was just imagining himself there, but John and Claire could see him. Yeah. And then after the explosion, they saw them pull out his body, like mm-hmm. the So I don't know if he was just like force ghosting over there or what <laughs> oh, <God>. was going on. <laughs> And also, like, I mean, okay, I understand this senator guy, uh, like, okay, he's, his entire fortune, his entire career is all based on murder and a lie. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's his dad's fault. You know? Yeah, it's not really his It's his not fault. really the senator's fault. Mm-hmm. Like, I, that's where I was kind of like... Is the senator really like that? Like yet, the senator really hasn't done anything that evil either. No, see, that's the thing. It's like the story works better if you interpret it that he knows what happened and like his father told him at some point before he died, and that like he's yeah. been keeping it a secret. Because then that makes him kind of an an evil like bad character that you want to see like revenge taken upon. Yeah. So it's like, I, I like to think of it that, yeah, he knew the whole time. Because it, it just makes the story work better. Yeah, I mean, I think he does. I just don't know, like, the severity of how much he knows. You know, I just think maybe yeah. he was in denial this entire time. That could be, uh, yeah. it's just easier for him to live his life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, little Joseph Carmichael is, uh, I guess, avenged. The house is fucking destroyed. <laughs> uh and all that's left is the wheelchair and the music box and of course right at the end like typical ghost movie fashion the music box opens and plays the song and the credits roll mm-hmm. so um yeah i mean john needs work yeah <laughs> i think just his character is more just a vessel to get the story going yeah he, it um, feels like what you would like if you were in like the first draft of the script and you just wanted like the baseline of that character to be there and you didn't like like flesh him out more. That's what it feels like to me. Right. Or because you I need agree. him to have that the dead family thing to, for him to be interested in the ghost. Because like you didn't have like I wouldn't be able to describe John's personality. You yeah, know, like, I mean, he's just a really like level headed older professor man i guess i don't know he's smart (laughs) yeah yeah he's not really like he's not all that like charismatic Mm -hmm. uh he's not that funny (laughs) like there's just there's yeah there's real no characteristics to him yeah um but i mean you're really here just for the ghosts it's true and and that stuff it it gets right for me like i don't know about you but that that stuff was was like pretty spine chilling that stuff was more interesting to me. I just wish this movie would focus, I think, more on the house. Because mm-hmm. I think they had such an awesome set. And I think it was, like, the parts that were really spooky, like him discovering that room and all, like, like the banging and the faucets, like, that stuff is really good. And I would be totally fine with, like, all of that for the whole movie. 
Yeah. You know, while uncovering that, you know, like, ooh, maybe like the that stuff she brought over was blueprints or there's like a hidden room mm-hmm. that he finds. And that's how he gets like this information or the boy was buried in the spooky basement that he's got to dig up. <laughs> um, but that's just me. I like spooky houses. No, I, I agree with you. I think it would have been better if like, yeah, if the, if the whole movie was just like in the house. It's like the first act is like a ghost movie. The middle is like a political mystery movie. (laughs) Yeah. And then the end is like, okay, we're back to like weird ghost stuff. (laughs) Yeah, it was all over the place. Yeah. I mean, I think it's good. I enjoyed it. I don't think it's a bad time at all. No, Um, I I think it's worth watching just for the... Because all the ghost stuff is really well executed. Like the... Oh yeah, the boy talking like in that seance oh, scene when yeah. he's when he's watching when he he's listening back to the tape and you hear like the boy in the tape talking. It's yeah, like, it's really creepy. That's like spooky. The boy sounds like super creepy. Yeah, that got me. Yeah, and the the, the boy the shots of the boy like under the water like when the the little girl in their apartment sees it and then when he sees yeah. it early on, it's like mm-hmm. it's definitely disturbing. Like yeah no yeah this this movie is scary Mm -hmm. um i mean i feel like movies like this kind of laid the groundwork for like the ghost movies we have today oh yeah yeah because there's a lot of stuff that they use um now the conjuring movies i feel like are very inspired by um, yeah like stuff like this something i struggle with is going back to these movies like this that you know kind of made these like tropes Mm mm-hmm and you're like, oh, okay, like this is just like all these other movies. But then you're like, oh wait, no, this, this invented that. <laughs> like those other movies are copying this, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, my take on it, it's a unique ghost movie. It's it's fun, uh, is interesting, um, mm-hmm. and I would recommend. So good pick, Brad. Wow, thanks. <laughs> Good pick. Good random pick. Yeah, I've been wanting to watch it because I like George C. Scott. And, you know, I like a good ghost movie and people were saying it was good. So I figured, why not? So you're a sheep? I'm a sheep. Yeah, I just listen to what other people say. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time to sift through everything that is available on streaming, unfortunately. You don't so, want to watch the 500 uh, shark movies on a Tubi? No, thanks. No. You don't want to watch Santa Jaws? <laughs> no. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was The Changeling. Uh, and thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time.